Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network here with you on Monday night, October 3rd, as we head into Tuesday, October 4th. Already five weeks done in the college football regular season and uh, things going very well for the Wolverines here so far. Great road win over the weekend, which we're going to talk all about here tonight. Luke Yardy and Scotty White with you and uh, coming to you live on the Mason Brew YouTube page. If you're joining us here on the YouTube page, appreciate you for hanging out and uh, you can always leave your comments as well. Join the conversation. We love to hear from you. And already got a big go blue to begin the show. Scotty White, what is happening, my man? How you doing here tonight? I'm doing great, man. Feels good to be 5-0 and uh, and going into Kinnick and being a top five team that survives. Um, can't complain after a relatively stress-free win at Kinnick. Obviously, it was there was a little bit of stress happened there in the beginning of the fourth quarter, but otherwise it's a really solid showing for Michigan on the road. Um, but yeah, dude, it's crazy that we are through five weeks of this season already. And and we're going to be halfway through the regular season after this game concludes here in five days against Indiana. That That's crazy to me. Yeah. I'll say uh, my heart w- was pumping a little more than I thought it was going to in that fourth quarter, man. Yeah. It was uh, got a little dicey for a second. I was like, ah, oh, the weird is starting to happen in Kinnick, you yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. Like going into the fourth quarter, you know, I was driving, but I was like, there's simply no, I mean, Iowa can't score 20 points in a game. There's no way they're going to put it up in two or in one quarter, but it, it was a little scary. It was a little scary when they were, when they were driving to potentially make it 2014. 
Yeah, it, it certainly was. But other than that, you know, Michigan felt like they dominated this football game and yeah. uh, first win at Kinnick since 2005, you know, and it all started with that opening possession. Michigan marched right down the field yeah. and it was precision, man. It was an absolutely surgical drive to set the tone to begin that game. It was, dude. I was extremely impressed, especially, dude, like that's JJ's first drive as a starter right. in a hostile environment. And it was loud, like Kinnick's rocking to start the game. And it was really impressive how not only the team started the first half. I mean, they go down, they get a touchdown. Defense comes out, immediately gets a three and out. Yep. And then to start the second half, a three and out with the drive for Iowa went negative one yards. And then the offense comes out and leads another touchdown drive. So, I mean, that's huge starting both halves. Um, and especially like we talked about last week, to come away with touchdowns. There are a couple drives that left some field goals out there. Um, but really getting command and, and getting momentum going to begin both halves was so big for Michigan in that game. Oh, monstrous, man. Yeah. And that it, it was a, it was a beautiful thing to watch. You know, like you well, said, uh, we, we knew, I think that they were going to settle for a couple of field goals in this game because Iowa's defense really is that good. And that's mm-hmm. what made that opening drive so important. And the first thing that you saw was that offensive line getting incredible push uh, yeah. on that opening drive. I mean, it was a beautiful sight to see, you know, it, it feels like that unit really starting to, to come together here. Yeah, they, they were, I mean, Blake is an absolute dog, but I mean, he wouldn't be able to do what he does without such a good offensive line. And just that mix of, of all that talent at the running back position and the offensive line is a thing of beauty for Michigan right now. And I mean, that's a huge reason that we've got a Heisman campaign going for Blake Corum right now. Yeah. He's he's one of the, he's one of the best in college football. I think he's got fifth or sixth best odds to win the Heisman right now. Well, you you take a look at it and this was, you know, really the game uh, on a couple of fronts, right? There were, there were a couple of things we were uh, wondering we'll get to JJ and his performance uh, here in a second, but I look back at, you know, what Michigan was able to do on the ground. They ran it 42 times for 172 yards on Saturday. That's 4.1 yards a clip. Uh, that is far and away uh, the most Iowa's given up uh, on a yards per carry basis yeah. here this year. The next closest was the game against Iowa State, and the Cyclones averaged 3.1 yards a carry. Rutgers averaged 2.5, Nevada 1.9, South Dakota State 1.1 yards per carry. That is a legit run defense that Iowa has, particularly at home, feeding off the crowd, and Michigan was able to dominate the trenches. Yeah, and and then the last couple games against Maryland too, it was it was the ground game that really got Michigan going, um, and it seems like that's been the lead. You know, we talked a lot in the off season about which way is Michigan going to go with all the quarterback talent, the wide receiver talent, the running back talent. So far, it seemed like a lean to the run game, um, but it'll be interesting to see the next few weeks because I think Indiana, Penn State, and Michigan State all have some some very low ranking passing defenses. So yes. it'll be interesting to see which direction Michigan goes with the play calling the next few weeks. Yeah, I think it is going to be time. Well, but the other thing is too, right? Is that God, are they just, they're dominant up front right, and right. you know, you've got a guy like Blake Corum and now Donovan Edwards coming back and be able to spell him a couple of times in that Iowa yeah. game, I think was massive down the stretch. Um, but it, it, it's really hard to go away from that. But if there's, you know, I'm thinking to, to Penn State, and, and obviously, you know, we, we don't like to look ahead, but Michigan is 21-point favorites against Indiana. I know it's on yeah. the road, and Indiana's played some decent games here this year. Um, 
But regardless of what Michigan does in that game, whether they run the football, whether they throw the football, they should be able to take down the Hoosiers probably relatively easy, I would say. Um, That's my thoughts on it right now. But when you think about the Penn State game, you're going to have to throw to be able to beat that team. Um, And, (laughs) you you know, do you start to incorporate some more things here this week in preparation for that game? That's going to be the thing to watch out for. Yeah, and and I definitely think that that that's – kind of the way to go. Um, Penn State has, yeah, they've, they've surprised me a little bit this year. That's, that's going to be a tough game. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really hard to not look ahead to that, um, you know, top 10 showdown in the big house and you're playing a team that just lost by two touchdowns to Nebraska this week. Um, so it'll be hard for the team to, to keep their focus truly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that that really is the way to go. I mean, I think that that Iowa defense was a huge test for the offense and, and really, yeah good a really good thing that they needed um definitely the best defense they faced this year um but yeah i think that it's definitely something to to get ready for obviously you don't want to treat a game like it's getting ready for the next game you have to treat every opponent seriously you don't want to come out sleepwalking um but it's definitely something to think about going into this one and and ultimately jj did exactly what he needed to do at iowa here on saturday man because because we knew you know, JJ, sometimes, you know, he, he he likes to hero it up a little bit. And we've seen him turn the ball over. He did nothing of the sort, nothing even close to that, I feel like, here this yeah. week. And it was, uh, it, it was really awesome to see. 18 to 24, 155 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. I don't even know if he had any turnover-worthy plays on Saturday. That is exactly the type of game that we really needed to see from J.J. because we yeah. know what the ceiling is with him, but we kind of wanted to see the floor as well when he goes up against a good defense, right? And I think we yeah. were able to see that. Like, yeah, he can be the game, you know, sort of manager, not turn the ball over like we saw from Cade McNamara last year that ultimately allowed Michigan to win the Big Ten Championship. Uh, we, we didn't know if that was the, the case with J.J. Could he have that floor against a really good defense, and particularly, you know, against that um, two-safety shell that, you know, started to become really popular that Iowa's played for years and years, and they turn you over. They're opportunistic. That's the way that they beat you. Uh, could he play a game like he did Saturday? And obviously the answer is yes, which gives me a lot of confidence moving forward because I think over the next three games, if they want to, they'll be able to attack these secondaries. Yeah, yeah, I was I was impressed with JJ. I I was really nervous going into that game about the turnovers because that's how Iowa beats you. And there was I think there was one play. Yeah, he was getting hit and the ball it went backwards, so it was like a throw, not really a fumble, but it was a backwards throw. That was really the only one. Um, it was a nice play by Donovan Edwards to get down on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed. And also he, he scrambled, JJ scrambled and he could have kept going and he decided to go out of bounds after getting the first down. Yep. That's, that's maturity. That's growth right there. Um, uh, that was, that was good to see. Don't want him putting himself in harm's way. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with JJ and just, I mean, you can see it in his completion percentage of the year. I mean, it's like 70, oh my God, yeah. like it's insane. Like he he's making some really good throws. He had a really nice throw to uh, Andrew Anthony. I think was the one that I was most impressed with. This oh week. man, he hit the turkey hole on that, that one, dude. That was play. impressive. It was. It reminded me of his throw against Ohio State last year. It was just you know he had a couple defenders on both sides fit yep. it right into that window. It was really pretty. Um, he did miss another deep ball, which is just like really surprising man, to see. He, after I feel like yeah, he's he's close and dude, I, yeah. I I feel like. 
that was his biggest like attribute last year was his ability to to just drop a deep ball in the arm. So I'm not really sure what's happening here. I, I mean, it's, it almost feels like regression and and you, you start to worry if it's like being coached that way to lead him a little more to to prevent any turnover worthy plays or anything like that like if you're yeah. going to miss miss long but ultimately his ability his ability at least last year you know we saw in multiple deep throws was it was to be able to just drop it right in the bucket he needs to yeah. he needs to be able to find that cuz those are the type of shots that are going to be they're going to need to hit you know right. over the second half of the season right i mean a couple of like i mean against maryland those are the difference between maybe yeah. a blowout in that one um and in this Iowa game, I mean, in these big games, those are just huge momentum shifters and really gets your team going in the right direction. And yeah, I mean, it's just weird to see him miss him after really like I don't I can't even think of before the Maryland game a time where I saw him miss a deep ball. I'm sure there was one, but I can't think of any. Um, right. And I mean, he's got to have some nerves, too, that could be contributing. I mean, the think of the expectations from this fan base for him. Um, it, it's definitely got to be difficult to play under that kind of pressure. Um, but it's certainly something that, that I expect him to, to get better at and, and start making those throws because we know he's more than capable of doing it. Yeah, he is for sure. And that's get it calibrated back to a hundred. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah uh, 110%. I, I am a little bit worried though. Roman Wilson, you know, left the game, didn't return and Jim Harbaugh didn't have any update yeah. on his status here today. Yeah, that, that is a little concerning. Um, and yeah, it's just so hard to know what's going on with with the injured players with Harbots. Usually, you get the he's yeah. working through something or very minimal updates. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly wishing the best for him. I mean, he was at the beginning of the season looking like he's going to be one of the top receivers of the year. So um, hopefully, we can get him back out there soon. Yeah, he's got some wheels, man. Uh, but but definitely good to see good to see Andre, like you mentioned, get involved a little bit too, right? Like it looked like. They tried a, a little bit in the the Maryland game to starting to get him going, but uh, definitely felt like, you know, in the second half, they were able to to get him a little more involved in some targets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we saw it last year. He is he's going to be special. I mean, just all these receivers, the the speed that they've got, their catchability, yeah. he's he's going to be special. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw And man, do they block. Good Lord, Dude, the on, on the Ronnie Bell end around. Oh, Cornelius Johnson, just a beautiful, beautiful block to spring that touchdown. This whole wide receiver crew, yeah. and that's what makes the running game so successful along with that offensive line is they can block on the outsides with the best team in the country. Yeah, I mean, that that wide receiver group's a very well, well-coached well uh, unit there, and you yeah. can see it from the blocking. I mean, when you've got – it's just really – all around really special unit. I mean, they their their speed, their catch, their catching ability, the blocking, all around just really, really talented players. Yeah, no question. Uh on the other side of the football, I thought it was a pretty good defensive performance. Uh I, I still uh, we we saw it at the end, second to last drive when they when they really needed a stop to put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. The pass rushers were able to get home, Mike Morris, uh Ayabioki. They were they were both able to to put a couple of plays together, but other than that, felt like the pass rush was pretty much non-existent for a lot of that game. Mason yeah. Graham had a nice play as a true freshman, man. To, you love to see that, but there were some plays, third and longs, and things like that where Petrus had quite a bit of time back there. They weren't able to get home. I mean, the think about the third and sixteen, you know that on, on their first scoring drive on Iowa's first scoring drive there in the uh, end of the third quarter, you know. I, I mean, it was just, it was a weird defense. Mikey got beat a little bit on that route. It shouldn't happen against an Iowa team, but you got to be able to get home. 
uh, against Petrus. He's a statue back there. Pressure, you yeah. got to get pressure in a situation like that. Like you think back to why Michigan was able to beat Ohio State and even hold them to 27 points last year. They they were able to keep everything in front because the pass rush was able to pressure CJ Stroud. He had to make quick decisions. I mean, if that offense is going to have all day at the end of November, uh, good luck. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The, the pass rush needs to get better. I'm sure we're going to see more Oki. You know, Mike Morris starting to figure it out. Probably some more Derek Moore moving forward. But they they absolutely have to get it figured out sooner rather than later because over the last three games, pressure generated outside of the one, you know, that that last pretty much drive, second to last drive for Iowa in this game, the, the pressure wasn't really there. Yeah, I yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was kind of hard to gauge the defense in this game because that Iowa offense is really bad, like humorously bad. Um, and I thought that it was really summed up well about how humorously bad that Iowa offense is. When they have a fourth and two, they commit offense pass interference and they'll throw short of the sticks and end up a yard short yeah. on a diving catch. I mean, that sums it up right there. So it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it's it's hard to tell against an offense like that. Um, but I will say, I mean, there there were played like that fourth and two. I mean, that's Iowa scores a touchdown on that drive, and that is a whole different ball game. It's a whole different really ball game. Scary. No question. Um, oh, yeah, dude. 20 to 14. Iowa got to stop on the next drive, too. So, I mean, obviously things probably play out differently if they score a touchdown there, but, I mean, that could have right. been them getting the ball back down by six, and that's just a nightmare scenario. Um, but when it really when it really mattered, uh, on that fourth and two, they got a stop, and on that next on that drive, Mike Morris – Mike Morris was a beast there at the end, dude. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, my he, God, he beat he that was, right tackle like a drum, man. Oof. Yep. He was looking like Hutch out there. Um, so when, yeah. when they really needed those stops, they, they came up, they got some pressure. But, yeah, I mean – the the, the the pressure on the quarterback it just needs to be much more consistent because like you said end of november stroud much more athletic much more capable quarterback than um than patris in iowa so that that needs to change but luckily a lot of time before then so that that's a good sign yeah man uh they also got to get uh, a little bit healthier would love to see nikai hill green back at, at some point yeah. here because they're they're the linebacker core still uh, a little bit if iffy at times, particularly in coverage. Um, that's that's got to change. Iowa was able to have some successful runs, surprisingly, and and I'll be honest, Petrus he surprisingly made a couple of really good throws. The one at the he tight did. end over the seam. I mean, it was incredible yeah. coverage on him. I think it was Colson in, in coverage there. It was perfect coverage, and that was an NFL throw from yeah. Petrus which makes no sense given what we saw a majority of that ball game uh, that, I mean, if I was an Iowa fan, it would, it's gotta be so frustrating watching that offense oh, every single week, uh, exactly but because you know, you know that they can put some drives together. Well, like they were able to, to put yeah. a couple of uh, drives together on Michigan. I don't know. And that's the thing, right? Is that just them being competent at times throughout a game or is there a, a reason for worry on that side of the ball for Michigan? You know, I, I maybe a little bit of both, but uh, he yeah. he ended up making some pretty good throws, man. He did, he did, and, and but also a big part of that was like I think they converted a third and nineteen at one point on a on a nice throw cut for him because he has so much time back there. Um, right. I mean, you give any quarterback that much time, and and he's probably going to make a really good throw. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously Petrus wouldn't be a Division One starting quarterback if he wasn't capable of making some good throws. Um, right. So when he gets time in the pocket, he can deliver. But at the same time, there's there's definitely some things that Michigan 
has a lot of lot a lot of room to improve on in the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, just a, a couple of things in coverage. I, I still think Mikey's figuring it out a little bit on that side, even with how good uh, he's been. And, and and that's another thing, DJ Turner. He's been obviously fantastic here this year. I mean, it, we're, we're talking about another blowout here at Kinnick if he holds on to that ball and he takes it the other way for six two. Oh, looks like we may have uh, lost Scotty for a moment here. He's lagging a little bit behind. Am I back? You're back. Okay, okay. I noticed that my mine cut out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so, no, on, uh, on that side of the football, though, um, you know, like, like I mentioned, I don't know if you heard, but I, I talked a little bit about DJ Turner and the dropped interception, made a perfect play on the ball. He holds on to that. He's going the other way for six, and it's a just a complete dagger and yeah. nail in the coffin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of those plays, I mean, obviously uh, not a receiver for a reason. Not all of them have the sure hands, but yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, there's really been a lot of plays where, and and that's the thing is that that Iowa game still, like the scores, I think they don't really show. I mean, against Maryland, it was 34-19 with about two minutes to go. Um, Michigan's last touchdown in this one was about minute 20, so it was 27 to 20, or 27 to 7. Um, right. So obviously it's pretty Win, but and yeah, there were a lot of plays in, in both of those games that if Michigan makes them, it, it like you said, it's the dagger, puts it away. Some of the deep throws in the Maryland game, that pick, the deep throw to Roman Wilson. Um, and you know, in those games that aren't quite uh, as comfortable, those are the kind of plays that turn a win into a loss, turn a win into a, a close nail biter down the stretch. So, you know, those are those are those are plays you got to make. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Going to talk a little bit about the Indiana game coming up here. But first, want to let you know, Brewcast, thanks to Manscaped, because it's fresh ball, fro- fresh ball fall, excuse me. Today's show brought to you by Manscaped, and that's a company to make sure your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves here. And we've got you covered with a great promotion here. You can join 20, 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. I got the uh, Performance Package 4.0. It, it's fantastic, man. I'm going to let you know that that lawnmower, uh, it's the real deal. It's going to help you out a ton. The the weed whacker for your nose and ear. Uh, if you're starting to grow some uh, hair in the nose and the ear there, you can't hear all that well. We want to get you 20% off. And the beautiful thing is that Manscaped will ship anywhere in the world go to manscape.com 20% off and free shipping all you have to do is use code mnb20 that's mnb20 get that performance package 4.0 it's as good as it gets and they're going to ship it to you for free manscape.com mnb20 is your promo code so michigan uh once again going to be the big noon kickoff here scotty as they head to Iowa for another road game, second of the year, um, in an Iowa team that's fresh off a two-touchdown loss to Nebraska. So, I I mean, I it's tough to gauge this team. Got absolutely blown out by Cincinnati, you know, beat by two touchdowns against Nebraska. But they're undefeated at home here this year. Uh, two games I think they probably should have lost, though, Illinois and Western Kentucky, yeah. able to pull out <laughs> victories in those. I just don't see anything that Iowa really does particularly well. Uh, they average like three yards a carry. Their quarterback, Connor Basilak, is 
completing 52% of his passes, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. Like this, this could be a big day for Michigan coming up. Cincinnati and Western Kentucky both threw for three over 300 yards against this team. I mean, uh, the one thing that they were able to do, though, in the last two games on the road is stop the run, but gave up six yards of carry to Western Kentucky, four to Illinois. Uh, It's just, it's a bit of a tough year for for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers here this year, feels like. Yeah, um, I think that maybe some people were thinking Indiana was a little bit better this year. Obviously, a year ago, they went 2-10, in Big Ten play, and I think this is a pretty similar team. Like you said, Shouldn't it really be in um, Illinois? I think there was a – I don't remember exactly what happened. I remember us texting about it because we had bets on it. I think there was a touchdown that Illinois had. Yeah, I had that. I had Illinois in that game, man, and yeah. I could not believe it. There was a – was it a touchdown? Yeah, I think it was a touchdown taken away was, from yeah. Illinois, and it was just horrible. Yeah, it was a clear touchdown. I had Indiana, so I was happy about it, but they shouldn't have won the game. <laughs> They were very lucky to get to three and zero in the first one, so they 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 beat their win total from a year ago very fast. Um, but I, this is a, this is not a good football team. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity for Michigan to really get the passing game ready for Penn State, yeah. like we talked about earlier. They can't, they won't be able to stop it. Um, but obviously, got to take every team seriously. Um, Mich- Michigan's had tricky games against Indiana in the past. Um, yep. you know, it's usually, it's usually right before Ohio state. Um, but I mean, Indiana likes, likes, to but it is right state. before a big game here exactly. this year with Penn state exactly. coming to town the next week, you know? Right. And going on the road in big Ten is never easy. So you never know weirder things have happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Indiana shouldn't even, I think they should really are more like a one and four team. So don't look too much yeah. into the three and two for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, this one should not be a test, and if it is, it's 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 a little concerning. And a little bummed out here, kind of just shifting gears because there isn't a whole lot we're we're going to be able to say on this game. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was announced today. Speaking of Big Noon kickoff, uh, Michigan, you know, just getting followed around by Big Noon kickoff in in Fox yeah. here uh, next week. Penn State game. It's going to be the maze out, and it's going to be at noon. And I know people are pretty bummed about this because they wanted it to be a night game, and it all but assures that Michigan State is going to be the night game uh, here this year when they come Halloween weekend to Ann Arbor. What are your thoughts on that Penn State and them still doing the maze out for a noon kick? I hate all of it for for a few (laughs) reasons. Um, First off, I'm going to the Penn State game. I really wanted it to be a night game because the maze out deserves a night game. The night Mm -hmm. game, maze out against Washington last year, that game – was the best Michigan game I've ever been to until I went to the Ohio State game last year. And then that was the best Michigan game I've ever been to. But that environment in the maze out against Washington is awesome. Um, so I really hate this call, especially because the one maze out or the one night game Michigan's done against Michigan State was 2017, and Michigan State won that game. They were unranked. Michigan oh. was number seven. That sucked. Um, and also, I'm going to be in Europe for the Michigan Michigan State game. I'm just really upset about this because for three today, can't go, and now the game's going to be in the middle of the night for me. So I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So all of this for me just very upsetting. Yeah, I don't like it either. Like you said, if you're going to do something like a maze out, you you got to coordinate this a little better, you know. And I understand why they're doing it because, uh, from my understanding, yeah. Michigan's going to wear the all maze because they weren't able to, or Penn State didn't allow them to do it last year. Um, but but yeah, make this one the night game, man. 
you know, because the the watch the aesthetic of, of the Washington uh game was absolutely amazing. But also I, I'm a little bit worried. Like last year when they did the the maze out, it was all blue uniforms that Michigan wore for that game because it contrasted so well with the crowd that's maze, all right. maze. I'm a little bit worried about all maze jerseys with a maze out crowd. Like I know it, it's it's been done and, and things too. like that, but but I don't know. It, it seems like it's almost a disadvantage. Yeah, I was surprised by that too because it really does look like they're going to do the maze. Um, and first of all, the all blue uniforms with the maze out last year looked awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I think that really it is a big part of it has to be Penn State not letting Michigan wear the maze last yeah. year, which was weird. They're petty, and um, they want to absolutely blow yeah. them out wearing those maze unis, man. Yeah, which would be great. I really hope that that happens. But yeah, I mean, I, you got to think that would be a little bit challenging uh, for, for the quarterback to see his players downfield. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the maze just shines brighter when it's nighttime outside. And it's just it doesn't look as cool during the day. It just doesn't. Yeah, and the the the, yeah. the students aren't as drunk, the fans aren't as rowdy. Like it's just it's the maze out has to be a night game. It really does. It yeah, unfortunately not going to be here this year, but uh, not looking too far ahead. Indiana is the game here this week. Hopefully the passing game can have some success. Let JJ fling it a little bit. Maybe find some chemistry and let this let this passing offense get into some rhythm. Yeah, definitely. Um, not looking ahead, but. I'm not going to lie. I just did lie looking ahead. I'm, I'm very excited for the Penn state game <laughs> um, and they got to get, they got to get everything tuned up before then. Um, if Michigan gets upset this week, it's on me for that jinx right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait for that game. And, and this is a, this is the time where, where everything gets settled. I mean, top 10 shut on the big house. It, it doesn't get bigger than that. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we get it there, and hopefully both teams win so we can see that undefeated matchup at the Big House in a yeah. couple of weeks. Scotty, where can we uh, find you on social media, my man? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at ScottyWhite underscore. It's S-C-O-T-T-Y. Um, all the podcasts, all the articles for football will be posted there, so give me a follow on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow the Maze of Brew Twitter page as well. Don't forget, we're going live on Monday nights. Appreciate everyone that was hanging out here and uh, joining the conversation in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the Maze of Brew YouTube page. Drop that like as well. We love to hear from you guys. And uh, thanks for joining the conversation. And make sure to subscribe, rate, leave a review for our podcast wherever you get your shows. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.